0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you people, I have to give a, a shout out to my friend, Nick Campbell. He's a guy I met a while ago, and when I'd occasionally do stand-up, he would come out and see the shows. And recently, you know, I've been getting some background work in the movies. You know, my hands have been moved, used in NCIS and Westworld. I played Matt Lauer's forehead. I played one of the news from Here We Listen to the News. So I'm SAG well. so I did a coordination, I did a, a GoFundMe campaign, GoFundMe slash CooperTalk, to raise money for SAG, and to give my listeners, you know, my cookbook that I wrote, and some other stuff, and my friend Nick Campbell just came through and gave a nice donation, so I wanted to thank him, because, you know, it's, it's, it's always good when you get something unexpected, so, like today, my guest is unexpected. I gotta tell you, I'm a, uh, I'm, I hit him up, I became friends with him on Facebook, and, Growing up in South Jersey, I listened at WMMR and I remember we had this video station, and it was before MTV came out, and they had like uh, they had like fifteen videos. And his old band was in, is, was one of them, and he was in the A's. And my guest is Richard Bush. How you doing, Richard? Good. How are you, Steve? Good, man. So, uh, so it's cool, and I, I found that's what I love about Facebook. You know, I, I listened to your music so much back back in the day, and then you have so many other projects going on. And it's amazing because I I was I loved the Philadelphia music scene so much, and you were you were you were on the forefront of it.
1: Yes, we were. <laughs>
0: now, did you? When did you start singing? When did you know you had a good voice? And when did you know you could do this? I mean, were you a little kid, or what was your whole process to getting into the business? Yeah,
1: well, I started singing when I was uh, like thirteen, fourteen. I uh, um, my. Uh, I, sort of like caught the tail end of that whole uh folk scare of the late or the early 60s and then uh you know once i heard the beatles you know i was in love and i just you know that's what i wanted to
0: do so you knew once you heard you said this is what i have to do now did you just go strictly to singing or did you try to play instruments i mean what was your whole getting into the your youth getting into the bands well at
1: I played guitar, you know, at, part of the, at the end of that, that folk thing, I got I added some folk, basic, you know, folk guitar lessons, and, um, and then when I heard the Beatles, I, you know, got uh, an electric guitar for Christmas, um, one, one year, and I uh, wanted to be in bands, and I, then I found out after a couple of years that it was more difficult to be in a band since everyone played guitar, so I switched to bass, um, and that uh, sort of worked for
0: me. Now, was it easy to switch over? Because, I mean, you know, people don't, you know, I always say bassists, they're like the backbone of the band. And, you know, it's, it, was it easier to switch over because it's a different uh, instrument? And, you know, the guitarists get more of the attention. Um, well,
1: yeah, well, you know, I, it was fairly easy, and uh, I was still getting attention because I was the main singer. So I wasn't really worried about that.
0: Now, when did you figure out that you had a good voice? I mean, because, you know, people... It's the old thing, you know, people think they can sing, and a lot of people can't sing. It's like anything in life. A lot of people think they can do something, and they can't. When did you really... Did did someone tell you, man, you have a really good voice, or when did you become confident in your voice?
1: Honestly, I I really don't remember. I don't remember anybody telling me I had a, a really good voice or anything like that. I just, you know, I just... Kept on doing it, and um, at at some point, I was in a band where we had our, our gear stolen, and I just uh, went out auditioning as a singer because it was easier for me, and uh, found that I was able, you know, able to do that. And I guess at that point, I, I was you know fairly confident in what I was doing.
0: So, what bands did you first start? Like after your gear got stolen, what bands did you join?
1: Well, I joined. Uh, joined, I can't remember the name of the first band I joined, I was in them for like maybe a month, and then uh, I got a call from uh, my friend who I had played bass in a band with, uh, Rick Defonso, who was uh, the guitar player from the A's, and it was basically, you know, a little bit of pre-A's, it was Mikey and Rick and me, and, and a couple other people.
0: So you guys start playing together, and then when do you decide to form the A's, and how'd you, how'd you get the name?
1: Um, we got the name because I used to keep my records in alphabetical order and I just wanted to be at the top of the list. <laughs> um, and then uh, we had been, you know, we were a club band and we just uh, started writing some original material and, you know, sneak it into the, the uh, sets. And at some point we just decided that we really wanted to just be entirely original, and, um, you know, so that's
0: what we did. So what were some of the clubs you were playing back then? Because, you know, I remember, I was just thinking about, like, all those clubs down the Jersey Shore, and everything's changed back there. There used to be a, I grew up in Cherry Hill, and there was a bar, it was called Mr. Bojangles, and they had music, and there was just different gigs. What what areas were you guys playing, just mostly Philly? Uh,
1: Philly and, and Jersey. Um, we didn't go much farther than that. We we were not like the A-list uh, club band because we, you know, we, we did all the right songs and everything, but we did them kind of our way. You know, we just couldn't be bothered being like a, like a live jukebox. We wanted to bring something of ourselves into it, and um, so we never really got the the, uh, the top tier clubs. Um, but we would get the top clubs in in Philadelphia in the in the uh, summer because the, the those A list bands would go to the shore so we would get those those clubs at that time.
0: So you're playing, you guys are getting tight now. Now there's I you know, I I do my research and you and you've always been called a great front man. What what do you think makes a great front man? And did, is, was there anyone that you really emulated somewhat?
1: Um, There was not like one person, no, Um, but I stole from everyone, you know, I stole from every (laughs) every performer that I saw, every person on the street that I thought had an interesting characteristic, Um, and then, you know, I just tried to, you know, forget all those things and just, you know, go with whatever it was in the moment, and I just, I think that um, sort of being fearless or stupid or, you know whatever, is what makes you a great front man. You, know, you just can't be self-conscious. You just have to just do it.
0: Well, it's, it's such a, uh, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, I did stand-up comedy and I interviewed people on the radio and all of us sit there and we just sit looking at front men and we're just like, wow. Like, I think it's like, that's like one of the coolest gigs you can have. And I think if anyone disagrees, they're crazy because you guys seem to like have so much power. You can, people are just hanging on your words.
1: Um, yeah, well, I don't talk much, but, um, you know, I uh, I just, I, I'm i in the songs, you know, I just do what the songs require emotionally, and, uh, you know, let it go from there.
0: Now, when, when the A's started getting, well, you, you were playing the bands, but as you said, you guys were working on your own sound, writing your own music, was the writing, was it a few of you writing together, or did you guys just... Say, I'm going to go write a song. How did the whole writing process work with you all?
1: Um, Well, Rocco Nadi, the keyboard player, you know, joined uh, us when, when we were still playing clubs. And he and I just sort of hit it off and we just started writing together and we wrote everything for the A's.
0: And so now, when did you guys notice that people were taking notice to you? I mean, you're playing in the clubs but you're doing your own music, and it was a different sound then. I mean, it was, you know, the 80s were coming on. When did you notice that you said, hey, man, you know, we got we got something good here?
1: Um, well, we were kind of stubborn. Um, we, we did have a, a booking agent who believed in us. He saw something in us that I'm not even sure that we saw in ourselves. And um, we so he kept like booking us in clubs and we would get fired like almost every gig why um because we were you know sort of punky and um not doing what they were expecting uh, a club band to do because uh, we were still playing the, the club circuit um you know we would do um, some Sex Pistols and Clash and things like that, but we would, you know, do uh, as much of our material as we could, and uh, we would just like, you know, roll up and look at the club and think, and we would like sort of place a bet. What do you think? One set, two sets, two or five? (laughs) You know, and then and but uh, and that sort of like made us kind of believe in ourselves even more because it was sort of us against the world.
0: So. Which is very admirable because, you know, a lot of times people just, they just want to play. They don't really have a backbone, which you guys did. So now when did you start deciding you're going to start making albums and how did that whole process happen? And I, so, it's so funny. I remember that video for After Last Night. There was, it was on Charter. I, I forget to communicate. We had Prism and we had a bunch of other stations, but there was a station that had like only a few videos. And Iggy Pop on board was one of them. And your video is on there. And when did you guys start getting Now, When did you start getting serious about getting a record deal?
1: Um, we, you know, it sort of happened by, by chance. We were playing in a club in uh, South Jersey. I think it was Dick Leeds and, um, we didn't know it at the time, but, uh, um, I can't remember his first name. Haberset was, uh, it was, uh, for number records. He came in and, and caught us, and then uh, uh, approached our, our managers, and um, then so there was a you know some slight interest then, and um, at that point we were opening I forget for who we opened for someone at the Main Point in Philly, and uh, Rick Chertoff came out to see us and was impressed and took us to Arista. And there was a little bit of a, a thing between Aristide and Capitol We ended up going with Aristotle, which was probably a mistake in hindsight. But that's what
0: happened. So now when you sit there, when you're getting this and they say you're going to record an album, did they sit there and say, okay, we want 10 tracks? Or, did, I mean, how do you guys decide what's going to go on? And did you have the creative control or was a record company going, well, because we, I always hear they say, you know, back in the day, we need a single, we need this. I mean, what was your whole process for putting the albums together?
1: Uh, Well, Rick Chertoff, who, you know, found us at the main point, he became our producer at Arista. And um, he, you know, we just gave him tapes of all our our songs and he picked what he thought were the uh, strongest tunes. And, uh, you know, we we reworked some of them and, um, you know, that's how it was done.
0: So after you get the album... How does, it, how does it change? How does it change for you guys? Does it change? Do you go on a tour? Do you, I mean, how does that work? You know, because when albums were so big, I mean, now it's different because, you know, people don't look into albums. Like, I remember the best thing about getting an album was like every song was good and there was liner notes and different stuff. Once you got that album out, how did it change your career?
1: Um, well, we just, we worked all the time. We, we were had very little like downtime. We just opened up for everyone.
0: Like Who were some of the bands you opened up for?
1: Um, we opened up for it was so diverse. We, well, we opened up with the Ramones more than anyone. Now um, how did that
0: work with their crowd? Did they dig you guys?
1: Well, <laughs> the Ramones are very singular. You know, There is nobody else that kind of is in that niche. And um, we kind of learned early on you know, because we didn't go over so well, like the first couple times. So we just thought at one point we just said, hey, you know why we're opening up for the Ramones? Because we're their favorite band, <laughs> which was entirely not true. But it made them like us.
0: So so you open for them. And now did you ever did you ever play the Spectrum?
1: Uh, yes, we opened for the Kinks
0: at the Spectrum. Now I, now, I think I may have seen that tour. I saw the, I saw the Kings and the Spectrum God when I, when I was in high school. What is that like? Like being, you know, a local kid and, you know, the Spectrum is a concert. I mean, you y- all went to concerts. What's that like when you get to play the Spectrum? And, and how does that happen? It, did the Kings contact you or how did you be able to get that gig?
1: Well, we were both on Arista at the time. And I guess uh, Arista set it up. Um, and the Kings, Ray Davies is one of my faves. And uh, the kinks are, you know, um, yeah, unbelievable for me. But, uh, and they would, you know, we could never interact with them. They wouldn't even let us, like, meet them or anything. But um, it was uh, was, a weird, weird thing for me. Um, You know, when I was out on that stage, I felt tiny. I felt, you know, I just felt so small, like, you know, because everything else was so big. I was used to playing, you know, little clubs where I could see kind of everybody. And I just felt like, like way removed from everything.
0: It's, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like, when you think about it, when you're playing clubs and then you play the spectrum and I mean, it must be just, it must be hard to run the whole, it must be a much bigger stage than you were used to, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, well we were smart enough to like not spread out too too far you know um, we didn't want to make that mistake
0: now the album starts selling now how does the whole video process happen because you guys made some videos and did you enjoy the process because I think that would be fun to make a video especially because then videos it was the beginning man
1: yes it was well here's what here's what happened um, Clive Davis who was the uh, head of uh, Arista, didn't believe in videos. Um, and we thought we were, like, perfect for video. Uh, you know, there was, like, MTV had just started. They were looking for any kind of content. And we thought we were a great TV band. You know, I, th- I think, like, everybody in the A's had a certain persona that they brought to the band that would really translate. Not unlike not the Monkees or something like that. And... Um, we thought we would be great for TV, but we could not get them to make a video for us. The way that that video that uh, um, was played was uh, the old Gray Whistle Test. Uh, a TV show out of England um, had requested that we do it, and they um, sent uh, their, the host of the show to Philadelphia, and we did it at uh, Sydney Sound.
0: And so that's, I mean, that's the way it came out. It was just someone from England actually just sat there and wanted you to get it done. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, now when, once the video comes out, the, I mean, you know, did you notice that album sales went up? Because, you know, that's the thing. Like, that's how we learned about all these bands, you know, on MTV in different places. I mean, you would hear bands, but then when you'd see them, you could relate much more to them, you know, because it'd be like, like for us, you know, you always wanted to. Dressed like all the guys, like David from the Hooters was on a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how they all wore colors in the beginning. You know, like red, mean right, right. and when we wanted to dress like you guys. Did you guys notice, like, your fans when you were coming out, starting to, to really get to know you better? Um, I really
1: don't. I don't remember any of that. I mean, we were just we just worked all the time. That's that's what I remember. I remember we would just go from town to town, and you know, at smaller clubs we would headline. And in uh, bigger clubs, we would open uh, for people. You know, we opened for Talking Heads a few times. Um, you know, we opened—I uh, don't even know. Do
0: you, um, do you ever play Emerald City?
1: Yes, we did quite a few times. Because uh, yeah. that
0: was—that was, that was cause funny. It was in Cherry Hill. I remember it used to be a Latin casino.
1: And yeah, uh, and we had mine there uh, a couple of times. Yeah.
0: So now you're getting a real. Now you know you're getting a big following in Philly. I mean, you know, now you're playing the A-clubs, right? Yes. And so what's that like? I mean, is it sitting there, did, was it, did you feel you deserved it? I mean, because you worked your ass off? Or was it something? Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. We, we did feel like we deserved it. And it was, you know, it was fun. Um, you know, it was our town for a little while.
0: And so how long, how long did you guys, how long were you guys together?
1: Um, jeez, um, maybe five years tops.
0: And you you really escalated the Philadelphia music scene. How was it doing national? Were you getting national attention?
1: Uh, We did get some national attention. We got some international attention. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, Arista uh, had never really broken a rock act. And they did not have the means or the wherewithal, you know, to do that. That was not their forte.
0: And so it must have been getting very frustrating for you guys.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, but it was, you know, it was way better than, you know, playing cover music in, in the clubs. It was, you know, we were doing our thing and we were having fun. And, uh, you know, and we, we had big crowds at a lot of places.
0: That must, I mean, that must be such a great feeling. I mean, you have a big crowd, they're going, they know your songs. Does it ever throw you off if people start singing your lyrics? That would throw me off as a singer, because you always know, like, you know, I'm sure after last night, people sang the chorus all the time. How do you react to that as a singer?
1: I I loved it. You know, I thought it was great when people knew what we were doing.
0: So, what was, do you guys, then you guys just ended it after five years?
1: Um, yeah, you know, uh... The Arista dropped us after the second record, um, and we put out a an EP that did uh, you know pretty well locally, and um, then the band just kind of folded. It was you know we just uh, it wasn't fun anymore.
0: See, that's I've heard that happens. I mean, so you just got to a point where you you put out good product and you didn't have a record company behind you. You're packing places, but there must be a point where you're sitting there going. I don't know, man. You know, it must be hard because it's the labor of your love and you are good and you've got it accepted by the people. But it must be sometimes like it must feel like an uphill battle. Uh,
1: yeah, it definitely did. Um, you know, I it, it was, you know, the last year we were together was kind of rough. You know, it just wasn't fun. And that's why we ended it.
0: So now, now you took a sabbatical then, didn't you?
1: Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I, uh huh. I I stopped uh, for a, uh, a few years, uh, and then I did uh, a couple other other things. And at, at some point, uh, I I stopped for like eleven years. But I never I never stopped writing or recording. I just stopped performing.
0: So you would you would basically sit there and you would write. Now were you writing a lot of content? Were you putting a lot of stuff together? And was your songwriting style changing over those years?
1: Oh yeah, it wasn't, you know, it had very little to do with the A's. Um, and uh, yeah, I found a new songwriting partner, um, AJ McLaughlin, um, a friend of uh, mine. And, uh, you know, we, we just started writing together and doing demos. And, um, you know, at, at some point um, I had you know, uh, what I thought was like a really strong collection of songs that was strong enough to put a band together and uh, put a CD out and, you know, try to get noticed.
0: Now, didn't, because you know, I took a sabbatical from doing stand-up, and I don't want really to do it anymore, but I did it in Philly for years. Didn't, and I, you know, I, I sort of missed it, but didn't you miss being on the, on the stage? Because, I mean yeah you guys played the spectrum, you played the clubs, you had a following. Was it something hard for you to go on stage, or was it because like me, I had like a writer like a stage fright, which was weird. but what I mean was it must have been hard for you because you had tasted the success? I mean, did you just you, you didn't miss it at all?
1: um not really. I really didn't miss it because I loved the writing and the recording process like equally. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I'm still at that that kind of stage where I just, you know, I think they're two different animals, and um, but I love them, you know, both the same. Um, I uh, so when I was doing the writing and recording, I was just like in love with that, and I really didn't think so much about uh, performing. It was kind of a, a relief not to, you know, um, have to get dressed up and <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, do all that stuff all the time. I could just, you know, go down in my living room and record something. And, um, and that, that worked for me for a while until I, you know, thought I had something that was worth uh, presenting.
0: And now what happened with that?
1: Uh, well, it's the peace creeps. We're still going. We've been, uh, we just realized we've been doing it for 10 years now.
0: Now, what's it like? Because the music music scene has changed in Philly, I'm sure. And I know, I think, I believe I heard, is the Khyber Pass closing or did it close? It closed. Yeah. Okay, well, it's,
1: it's open, but it's not a music
0: venue. And it's just, it's weird because Philly had all those places that good music and even South Jersey had the different places and they just like disappeared. What's it like for you to see how much the scene has changed? Because, you know, is, but is Philly a good music scene now and do you guys enjoy working in it?
1: um yeah, we do enjoy it we we love it um, and it it's still it, it's it's a good scene again it's not like it was um, you know there's not uh, there used to be a lot more local radio support there's still you know some uh, but it's not like it was um, You know most most markets are you know they're corporate driven they're not uh, local at all
0: so the peace creeps. How does their music differ from the A's, and, and what, I mean, how would you classify this group? Uh,
1: well, we're we're informed by the late 60s, early 70s, kind of British, psychedelic kind of uh, thing. Um, it's still, you know, we're still, I'm a, I'm a pop, I love pop music, like not with, you know, not American Idol pop or anything like that. But I, but like pop, like the Beatles or pop, like you know the Kinks, um, and uh, um, you know, just. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I totally forgot what the question was.
0: No, I was saying what what do you consider? What is the classification of the music? Like, how would you explain to someone what kind of music? Because you said you love pop. Is it more pop based, or is it how? What kind of music would you compare it to?
1: Well, it's by the late 60s or early 70s, uh, you know, British kind of sound, um, you know, but there's, there's some American elements in it as well. And we, you know, we're not, we're not a, uh, a retro type thing. Uh, we do wear our influences on our sleeves, but, um, you know, we try to keep things fresh and modern sounding as well. You know, I listen to a lot of as much new things as I can.
0: Now, when you when you took the, when you were doing a lot of that writing, were you playing all the instruments, or because you you played guitar when you were younger? I mean, how did you do the recording? You know, you had someone you wrote with, but then was were you writing the lyrics, or how did how did that writing team work?
1: Well, when I worked with Rocco, um, I pretty much stopped uh, playing guitar. I was, you know, that was the front man, and he was uh, he would provide. Um, the music and uh, a lot of the, the lyrics as well. And I would contribute to melodies and musical ideas and uh, lyrics.
0: And then would you, when you went down to your living room and wrote, was that mostly just you then?
1: Um, yeah, at that point, well, I, I had a new writing partner, but I, I had re-taught myself to play guitar um, in, in some of that time off so that I could write um, could come up with, uh, you know, chord structures and melodies and things like that. Um, but that was, you know, largely, yeah, me-driven.
0: Now, is it hard to pick the guitar back up? I mean, because you, you, you're away from it for a while, and or does it come back to you like a bicycle?
1: Um, it, uh, it came back to me, but I had to learn a lot more. You know, I was really basic. My, my guitar knowledge was pretty um, minimal, uh, so, I just started listening to the records and trying to figure out what they were doing, and went from there
0: now now, when you weren't performing live were people like contacting you saying, "Hey, you know you guys should play or or hey, you know are you going to come out and play because i i'm sure there was there was still there was an interest in you guys, and how did you deal with that? Did you just say eh, now i 'm just i 'm chilling uh,
1: we did a couple of uh, you know a 's reunions early on, and then um After, uh, you know, I had the Peace Creeps and we were out for a little bit, uh, Hooters um, contacted uh, me to see about uh, opening one of their shows at uh, the Electric Factory. And so we, you know, got together to do that as the A's uh, with all the original members. And uh, it was great, actually, when they added us to the bill, it ended up selling out two nights. They had to add another night.
0: So it was you and the Hooters? Yes. That's a great concert. I mean, that's that's like that's Philadelphia music at its uh, finest.
1: Yep. So, so <laughs> Noah,
0: the, the Peace Creeps, now what was it like when you were putting that band together? Because, you know, times change. There's, you know, it's easier to contact people now. What was your whole process of putting that band together?
1: Uh, well, it worked with, uh, you know, I, when I was doing demos and stuff, I worked with different people and um, I had worked with my guitar player, Johnny Marciano um, for uh, in a band before I actually stopped playing out for 11 years. And um, and he, you know, continued to work with me when we were uh, doing demos for this stuff. And uh, we have different drummers and different things and different bass players and things and um, uh, I, I I was invited to sing at a friend of mine's um, uh, New Year's Eve party and he had a, uh, a band that was going to be playing there and he asked me if I would do a couple numbers and um, you know uh, set up a play you know that a way that I could rehearse with them for a couple of nights and I just in love with uh, their rhythm section. I thought they were both great players. And actually, I had worked with uh, Roy Fisher, the bass player. He actually was an A for a little while in one of our um, reunions. And, um, but, uh, you know, I was working with, with him and Jet Pancos, the drummer, and, they, you know, I just thought they were great together and they were both, you know, really good singers. And I told Johnny, I just, I just said, you know, we got to get these guys, you know, there. And uh, so I called them up and they said, great, sure. And uh, that's the peace creeps.
0: So now you guys have been together for 10 years. Yes. And now have you released a bunch of CDs?
1: We've got uh, two CDs out. We're working on a third now. We're not that far away from completing it.
0: Now the first one was called what?
1: First one was called Autumn of
0: Love. And now, where was that? Where did the, the songs come from? On that, was there a certain some meaning to you? Was it, was it just something that you know? It's just what? Where did those songs come from?
1: It just came from me and my uh, writing partner uh, AJ. We, you know, just would get together, you know, once a week and just try to write all the time. And um, you know, that's that's where they came from. We just found the, the things that we had in common and um, you know we just we were both lovers of pop music we both loved you know the, the British invasion we both loved the kinks we both loved um, you know certain Motown thing uh, and we just you know kept writing and until you know we I got what I thought was uh, strong enough collection of songs to do something with.
0: And so, how was that? How was that album? I still call them albums. How was that uh, album
1: received? Um, well, it, it, was, it was all right. We, um, we got a little bit of airplay uh, on it here. Um, it, it's a great record, uh, it really is. Um, and our second one, uh, Time Machine. We got more more play on that, um, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get more on the, on the third one.
0: Now, how far are you into the third one?
1: We have, uh, we're mixing, I think, eight or nine songs right now, and um, most of them are very close. Some are done. Most of them are close, and we're still, you know, we, I want to do like a 12 song thing I'm a, I'm a big believer in the album concept I like the whole like you know big picture thing with the individual songs that make up part of the whole and you know I love I think sequencing is like a huge thing and um, I, I just uh, you know I'm a couple of songs away and actually when I'm done here i'm going to be recording a couple of things tonight with the guys
0: so you guys just hook up and then now, now what's now where do you record them at
1: um i uh, have a um uh, this guy don rodenbach who uh, co-produced the uh, second record with me um we uh, Actually, I've known Don since uh, he was 17. He used to come CDAs and uh, became our roadie. And um, he ended up working at the record plant and was a really great engineer. And um, um, he sort of built a studio in South Jersey, and uh, we record there. That's we cool. person record there.
0: So yeah, so so now how long how long is a session like when you guys go in how long are you in the studio for is it is it uh, a few hours or is it till you get the song right or I mean how how long will you guys do something like that?
1: Um, well, tonight it'll probably be a few hours. We you know our night sessions are uh, usually not more than three, maybe at the most three and a half hours, because uh, it's at the end of the day and uh, you know we, nobody wants to keep going past like clock really and uh but you know if we you know can do it a weekend a weekend day though you know they can go for like eight ten hours um and it doesn't you know truthfully it doesn't take that long with these guys you know we we uh, do our homework and come in prepared and you know we can make changes really quickly on the fly if we have to and uh you know, it's, it's it's pretty
0: much a breeze. So now, when you, when you first started playing live again with your group, what was that like? What was I mean, when you started getting out there, was it was there a buzz in Philly about it? Like, did you guys have a little buzz because people know you and knew you were, you know, as they say, one of the great frontmans of Philly? What was it like when you first started playing? And do you remember like the first gig in the bar that you got that you and the Peace Creeps played out?
1: Yeah, we uh, yeah there. were, there's definitely a buzz, and um, you know we, you know we just have a, have a great time when we play. You know uh, we have you know a lot of fun, and I think that is infectious, and I think that you know makes people enjoy themselves.
0: Now, what? Well, how long is one like? How long is one of your sets? I mean, do you guys play a long gig? I mean, how does it work?
1: Um, it can go anywhere. Like if we're. Opening for somebody it can be as short as like thirty five minutes, and uh, you know for headlining, a lot of times we do like 90 minutes plus
0: now what is what is the, what is the crowd that comes out to see you? Is there a demographic you've noticed or is is it older? Is it younger? Is it mixed i mean who who comes out to see you
1: It's more older than, than younger, but you know we do get some young people, people out to see us, yeah. See, that's
0: cool but you know us, us older people we appreciate the music more I think
1: yeah maybe uh, you know I, I appreciate anybody who comes out I think you know they're you know they're really helping me out uh, I can't do it without an audience and uh, um, but you know I do like to I think our, our stuff sounds really contemporary and um, that uh, I, you know I wish we could get more young people out but we, we do get some
0: Now, where are some of the places you play? Because I I've been lived back. I swear to God, last time I I've been back. I wasn't back to Philly for like fifteen years, and then my girlfriend before she moved out here, I would go back once a month for two years. But I never really got into Philly because you know the I just didn't have time. But now how's how's the music changed? Like the clubs, like where are some of the clubs you guys play at? I mean, is there is there certain places that. Are, like, the cool clubs, or, I mean, how, where do you guys play?
1: Yeah, we play at the uh, Tin Angel, we play at Milk Boy and uh, Chestnut Street, um, play uh, Kung Fu Necktie, play Boot and Saddle on Broad Street, um, you know, we'll, we'll play anywhere.
0: And... Is there still is there still a lot of new music being created have you noticed a lot of new music being created in Philly because you're, oh, yeah. you're in a scene yeah that's
1: definitely that's definitely uh, you know it's a I think Philadelphia is a vital you know music town
0: and now once you get done this CD do you guys plan to keep pumping in the material out? and do you have that in you to write because I mean that's that's a lot of you know writing 10 I mean let's say you your CD is gonna be 12 songs right how many do you do you just write 12 songs or do you sit there and go I'm going to write 20 songs I mean and then go through them I mean how do you pick for cuz you know yeah, We don't we
1: don't really have a number in mind but we always write way more than we need um you know and we have like a back catalog of things that we pull out every once in a while and say wow why didn't have we done this Yeah <laughs> yes. um But, uh, you know, we're actually, AJ and I were just talking about, uh, you know, what maybe to approach, how to approach the next CD, you know, so we're we're working all the time.
0: Now, the back songs, do you ever, I mean, as you say, I mean, are there just some gems that you wrote years ago that could possibly end up on a new CD? Or if they didn't make the cut in the beginning, do you just not deal with them anymore?
1: Um, well, there are some that I'm sure will be lost forever, but uh, there are some that, you know, you just never know how, you know, you, you kind of forget about them and, you know, you'll hear them or think about them and go, wow, that that's too good not to do. Um, you know, um, one of the things on actually on Time Machine was a song that we had written on, Quite a while ago, called Meet the Beatles, and we just uh, sort of, uh, you know, put it on a back burner. Really, didn't think about it, and then we were when we uh, were doing that CD. Seemed like a good place for it, and actually, the name Time Machine is comes out of that song.
0: That's cool. So, so now, when you play live, do you mix in A's songs at all too?
1: No, not at all. We did uh, in the very beginning. You know, because people were coming out to see Richard Bush and the Peace Creeps. But I think now people come out to see the Peace
0: Creeps. That must be great because it's, it's like you're it's like a reinvention sort of, you know, it was like you're you're with a different band now and you're going a different style of music. That must be a, a good feeling just because, you know, people still, you know, they they remember you and they like you and they'll come out to see your projects. That must be a really good feeling.
1: It is it, it is really good and you know yeah and i i play guitar in this band and theremin and harmonica and stuff things i just never did in the a's and uh, but i'm you know i'm still the front man you know it's just because i'm wearing a guitar does not make me not a front man
0: what makes you a good front man seriously and now you you can say whatever you want or and how have you changed you think as a front man besides having a guitar from when you were with the A's and when you were younger to now where you're the man. How is your have you matured? I mean how how does a front man you know work up that way?
1: It's uh truthfully, it's easier for me now than it was then. Um uh, I don't really think about it so much. I don't try to hype myself up for it anymore. Um I've kind of learned what not to do. Um I uh I just, you know, do what the song needs. I'm, you know, I'm a communicator. I try to sell the song. I try to make it as emotionally powerful and as emotionally connected uh, as I can and, um, and still, you know, have a great time doing it and, um, you know, not be you, know, you can't be afraid of, you know, making yourself look foolish because, you know, every once in a while you have to look foolish. That might, might be what it requires.
0: What uh, have you ever have you guys ever had for either band just a really crappy show that you're just sitting there go oh in the beginning you know you would be stubborn but in the last like with your new band have you ever just guys got on stage and just the crowd wasn't digging you and how do you run with that because you know you have to do the time and it's just the way it is.
1: No, actually, you know we we can win over pretty much anybody with the new band. Uh, You know once they hear a couple of songs, they're in. Um, and, you know, we've had nights where, you know, we didn't feel like we did our best job, but, you know, we have a certain level, you know, you know, even on our worst night, we're still pretty damn good.
0: See, that's awesome though. You gotta love that. Now, now with the Philly guys, like, were you close with the Hooters and with Tommy Conwell or do you guys have, is there still, cause you're the, uh, you know, you're you're the the four, I mean, for for my generation, you know, you guys were the people that we were listening to on WMMR and YSP. You know, we you guys were when we were when. So I'm 52, so in my age, you know, I was listening to you guys, and you guys were. You know, I still remember having the cassettes and stuff like that. Hey,
1: hey. Uh, somebody gave me an eight track of uh, the first days
0: album. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I keep that stuff. I have I have the old. Uh, Tommy Conwell cassette, and then I have Nervous Night cassette. But now, yeah. did you guys, were you guys like buddies, or was there a, comp- like in that early time, was there a competition? Because your music was different, but it was something that it's, uh, it's, you guys were in the city. I mean, how did you guys interact when you were younger, and now how do you interact now?
1: Well, I, I had known Davey, um, was sickening in from the Hooters uh, before anything happened. We were both playing, um, this little club in uh, um, in Burlington, New Jersey, um, uh, the Anchorage, it was right over across the bridge uh, from Philly. or from Levittown, actually, and was the drinking age was uh, eighteen there. So um, you know, we get packed, and you know, I knew him from another band. And uh, there was uh, at one point when Mikey had left the band there was uh, thought of, of uh, bringing Davy in uh, but that it never uh, really happened but uh, yeah it was it was competitive. Um, you know we were all really polite to each other um, but you know there was a certain air of uh, competition um, Now with the, the in- the pocket thing it, it's just you know it's just like, you know, old buddies hanging out. It's it's like a party, and you do a couple of songs, and you know, you sit back and you know, Tommy Conwell and I are usually toward the end of the show, so we, we just you know sit and talk all night in the dressing room.
0: What do you guys talk about? You're both you're both Philly legends. What do you guys What do you guys talk about? Like, is it just it's talking about food, stuff. or what? Do you...
1: Yeah, mostly music stuff. Tommy's an unbelievable musicologist. He knows everything. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, whatever, whatever comes up, you know, we might talk politics, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever comes up.
0: Now the in the pocket. Now, how many, have you done the live shows with them? Yes. And now, I, now I
1: did, I, did the, yeah, I did the, the first, uh, in the pocket song and I did the first in the pocket uh, performance <laughs> and I, I don't know that there's any that I've missed. There may have been one.
0: Now, what was the first song that you did?
1: First song was a Joey Wilson song from um, a youth camp, uh, the youth camp uh, band, which was, uh, he was in with Davey, and um, that uh, was called All My Mondays.
0: Now, it must be a really cool time to do that when you guys get together, and you're playing songs from the city. And, you know, Philly's a great city. You know, the, the sports fans get a bad rap. I mean, and I, I hear crap in L.A. all the time because I'm an Eagles fan. I, you know, I go out and my girlfriend's an Eagles fan. And I'm a quiet fan. But I've seen, I've been to, like, hockey games where there's Flyers fans. And I can see why But sometimes we get the bad rep. But Philly's a great city. I, I think sometimes it doesn't get the appreciation it should.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Philly, yeah. Um is a great city. And I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, even more up and coming now than it, than it was then. And, um, you know, Philly people are, you know, good, strong hearted, strong willed people. And uh, they are very individualistic. And, um, you know, I don't think they take a backseat to anybody.
0: Now, I saw a picture on your Facebook. I think you were with Tommy Combo. Were you guys playing at a college or something?
1: I, you posted I, it today. Uh,
0: I don't know. It was a picture I saw today. And it was from... Oh, my, uh, that may
1: have been... Uh, I think that was... Uh, a, was that an outdoor festival? Yes. Picture? yes. Yeah, that was the Habertown um, Street Festival or something like that. Uh, I think it was last summer.
0: So now, did you guys play together? Or, or did... I mean, how do these...
1: How did, yeah, did, but, um actually... You know, on, uh, on, I, it must have been a shot of uh, the in-the-pocket did a version of Punk Rock Girl that I sang on and Tommy did the solo on. So um, when I do that song, Tommy comes out and uh, does the solo and maybe a couple other songs.
0: See, that must be great. I mean, because it really, as I said, they're, they're, you guys are, you know, part of Philadelphia music. And to be part of that must just be a great thing. And, and just to still be in the scene... It must be incredible. Now, do you still get the same, I guess the word is high, when you perform now, or is it more subdued? Or how do you think have you changed, like just the, the, the feeling you get? Are you more content now being on stage? Because you know you're putting out good music. Where earlier you guys, you know, you said you were stubborn when you were young. Do you think you're more content now? or how have you changed, as, besides the guitar, how have you changed as a performer?
1: I don't think you ever get content. I'm I'm never content, but I'm um, I, uh, I I think I actually enjoy it more now, um, you know. And I just feel like you know it's easier, and I can enjoy it more. Um, I I don't have to you know think that much. I just do it.
0: Now, what's the what's the trust factor in a band? I mean, when you guys are on stage, you really have to have each other's back. Is that is that hard to find someone that you can really sit there and trust? I mean, you've been with two bands, you know, for a while. And, you know, so you trust these guys. Is that a hard thing to do or is it you automatically just, you feel it?
1: I think you automatically just feel it. If it's, you know, if it's not there, then you're like worried all the time. You gotta, you know, you gotta just believe that it's going to be there. And until it, you know, they let you down. But uh, luckily, you know, um, i been in bands where, you know, that doesn't happen, you know, and the A's always felt like those guys had my back. You know, I could do or say anything, and they were behind me. And, uh, you know, same with the Peace Creeps. Um, You know, I I know no matter what I do, if I make a mistake, you know, come in at the wrong part, they're going to be like right there with me Um, and in the pocket. the same kind of thing, even though we don't really rehearse, you know, those guys are just great players and, you know, we've done it enough times that, you know, you know, everybody feels, you know, confident. You just have to, you know, it's a trust thing and, you know, I trust everyone I play with.
0: Now, I love the way that the A's got your name because the album collection, that's classic to me. How did you come up with the name, the Peace Creeps?
1: Well, we wanted something that, you know, evoked that, uh, you know, late 60s period, you know, and that was the whole peace, you know, love thing. And then we wanted something that was, you know, just a little twisted because our tunes tend to be just a little twisted. You know, you you don't get exactly what you might expect when you start hearing it.
0: Now, do you guys where can where can I find your music? I mean, you know, living in LA, and I have listeners. I'm playing on a bunch of different stations, so you know, not a is in Philly. Where can we find your music? The piece, uh, the piece creeps music.
1: You can buy the uh, CDs on uh, CD Baby, and you can. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Amazon, um, whatever. Our iTunes, I think. Um, yeah, we're we're all over.
0: Now, have you guys shot any videos for the Peace Creeps?
1: Uh, yeah, we shot a few. They're, uh, they're on uh, YouTube or uh, Vimeo. It depends which ones.
0: Now, how has the video process changed? Because the A's were there in the beginning. Now everything's changed. I mean, is it, is it a lot easier now to make a video? It's probably, you know, back then, you know, I used to talk to kids who were in film school and it cost tons. Now you can just grab a phone and make a video.
1: Yeah, it's much easier now, and uh, but you still, you know, you need uh, some kind of vision for it, and um, you know, just otherwise it just looks like you know somebody else's video.
0: Now, now uh, did yeah, is it you? I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, but it is. It, it is much, you know,
1: much easier, and uh, you know, it, it's a lot less pressure, and there because there's a lot less money involved
0: now. Is it your, when you guys come up with a video, is it a, you guys come up with a concept together or do you have someone outside like a, like a, a video director? How do you come up with it?
1: Uh, sometimes we, we have an idea ourselves, but a lot of times um, we'll go with uh, an outside director. Um, and uh, actually, my uh, fiance um, directed uh, one of our videos from uh, Time Machine and, uh, it, you know, Looks great. It was entirely her concept, you know. We just went with it, and it turned out great.
0: How was it to work with her? Because I heard her directing you was it was it cool? Oh yeah,
1: uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, her name's Meredith Bedloe and she's uh, you know quite an accomplished uh, photographer and videographer
0: in the Philly area. She lives in Philly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, uh, what would you say over the career, your career of your two bands? The you know the peace creeps and the A's. What was your favorite A's song and what is your favorite peace Creeps song? There has to be one in both bands that sits there and just stands I'm, out to me.
1: I'm not sure that there is one, but I w- with the A's, I would have to say you know, "Woman's Got the Power" because it you know had got the most success and you know that's the song I just keep doing. But there there are other ones that I really love too. Um, and the peace creeps, um, there's. You know, there's so many that I really, really, really love. Um, but I, I would go maybe with um, fashions for the fall on uh, Time Machine, or in uh, on our first record. I really love um, No Such Thing.
0: It seems like you really, you're really loving the music. Do you, you think that? I mean, I know you're running. Do you think the time away helped you? Just really to you know, even though you're writing then you weren't performing live, Do you think that helped you where you are now? Cause you seem very content and happy with the music you're putting out.
1: Um, I'm not, I'm not sure that the time away had anything to do with it. I've always been, you know, a super music fan. You know, I love hearing, you know, things that I haven't heard before and things that surprise me. And I love heard, hearing things that, you know, I have heard a million times. Um, You know, I just, that's, I love, you know, music, whatever. I just, you know, uh, I don't think I ever got away from that or was soured to it or got jaded by anything like that. You know, that, that has never changed for me.
0: Now, will there be any more A's reunions in the future?
1: Um, there may. There's, you know, there's talk of one, um, but uh, that's all it is right now. Um, you know, just don't know. Um, Rick, our guitar player, moved to Florida, so um, it has to be financially worthwhile for him to come up and rehearse for a couple of days before uh, we do the show. And um, but there, there is uh, something in the wind at the moment.
0: And now, how many? Now, when's the next In the Pocket show? Is there anything scheduled for that?
1: I'm sure there is, but uh, I can't tell you off the top of my head. Wait, let me, let me check my phone
0: and see. No, <laughs> I just want. Now, how about how about what's coming up in the next few weeks? Where you, where's where are you guys playing? The Peace creeps. Where are they going to be? At? Peace
1: creeps. We are at uh, the Teen Angel on uh, June 11th, and um, we in the pocket. I the next in the pocket thing I have is. Uh, um in october October fifteenth and I believe that's at the artmore music hall
0: that's cool all those places are still around the music halls and uh so the so i, I now' see when i when we get off I will have to do I have to record something for a voiceover but i gonna, i'm gonna have to go up and listen to some of the peace creeps because you know i got I got to get reversed to you I got to get versed in you guys now because you know you're the now I can look hip to the people I know in Philly I can go hey Go check out the Peace Creeps.
1: Yeah. You got to listen to the Peace Creeps. It's a really good band. It really is. It's, you know, my, you know, truthfully, it's my favorite band I've ever been in.
0: And now, do you have a, I know you're on Facebook, but do you have a social media present for the band or uh, do you guys tweet or anything?
1: Um, no, I just, I just got on Twitter. I'm still, you know, figuring my way around it and, uh, but we're on uh, I'm on Facebook And Peace Creeps Are on Facebook
0: And now now, What did you think Of this whole um, This whole Skype experience it was, it was, was this your first time Skyping
1: uh, Yes it is
0: I You know what I I didn't do it Hardly at all And then when the studio I recorded that closed I had to start doing it At my house And it's great Because I can talk to You guys back east But uh, it's pretty crazy How technology is Like now I'm talking to you In Philadelphia Not on a phone And we can talk Very clear
1: Oh yeah it, it's it's pretty great like um you know i i just i totally love technology you know because uh, like on the uh, um peace creeps things so i have a friend of mine who lives in england who plays sitar and you know we would just send him a couple of tracks and he puts the sitar on and you know it's on the record now
0: so like so you you send him the thing he plays and he puts it on an mp3 i guess and then sends it back to you guys yep and then that's it. Then you just take it in the studio and you mix it all up. Yep. See, that's awesome. So now, do you have a date? We're going to get wrap-up soon. Do you have Do you have a date in mind when your this third Peace Creep City will be out?
1: No, the date I have right now is 2016. <laughs> that's
0: good. Well, you know, you're working on it. You're going to lay down. Now, what are you going to do tonight? Are you going to do a few, few songs? or what will you do in the studio tonight?
1: We're doing two songs. One that uh, is a song and one that is what might be a song one is like an idea that i have that i uh, want to uh, kick around and see if i can turn it into something
0: well i want to thank you for coming on man i'm glad i'm glad we became a friends on facebook it's so funny it's because there's so many people that you have mutual friends and i saw you post on someone's wall and i was like oh my god the guy from the a's and then i was like you know what now with the Skype, again, i said i have to get in touch with them because it's Philly music, and I still, I love, I, love, I love the Philadelphia scene. So we can find the Peace because we can Google the Peace Creeps, and they're going to be able to find your albums and your videos.
1: Yeah, and, and um, like, we're all over YouTube. Like, I don't even know how many videos, but so most of them are from people's phones and shows and things like that. But uh, there's, there are a couple of produced things as well. And I want to thank you, Steve, for reaching out and, oh. um, you know, listen to the
0: Peace Creed. I am. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to listen to him. I just said I got to do something. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I got some other work. You're going to go listen to it. So, people, go look him up on the on the internet. Check out Richard Bush. The uh, guy's a Philly legend. Uh, people, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I have a lot of fun. I, I tweet a lot of jokes. Uh, my Instagram is CooperTalk1. That's more show promotion and different food items I do. How to eat healthy and cheap. Um, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over five. I just posted episode 511 today. Uh, Tiffany, the pop singer, she I posted her today. So go check that out. Send me an email at cooper at coopertalk.net. I'll get back to you. I swear. Uh, Facebook. My new page is Cooper Talk Radio. I post stuff there. I communicate there. Uh, my GoFundMe account for getting me in SAG so I can start getting some uh, TV work. It's uh, GoFundMe slash Cooper Talk. And you have a bunch of, you get shout outs on the radio. You get Twitter, Twitter call outs. You get my cookbook. Some of you have to enough. You can get advertising. You can be, you know, my shows will be live from the Let's say your name is Jim Wilson, the Jim Wilson Studio. So check that out. And yeah, that's my cookbook. Remember, my, my cookbook's at StopTheSalt.com. It's 120 easy recipes, uh, low sodium. Uh, no pictures that intimidate you. It's got uh, not a lot of spices. You don't need to worry about spices. It's, it's, it's easy cooking. So go get that. You can get it at uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. But if you go to StopTheSalt.com, I make more money and I sign it. And it's all pretty much about me making a little money, I think. So people, keep listening. Go check out the Peace Creeps. Go check out the Ace. Go just look it up. Love Philly music. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm on as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.